Welcome to the Love Your Space podcast, where we explore the world of functional design and how it transforms your space into your own happy place. Whether you're a seasoned design enthusiast or just starting out, this podcast is for you. Join us as we chat with experts in their fields, from interior designers and chefs to artists and musicians, as they share their tips and tricks for developing an aesthetic and finding a vibe on a budget, discussing where people find inspiration and how they balance function and beauty. We'll also dive into the psychology behind why our surroundings have such a profound impact on our mood and well-being. So whether you're looking to spruce up your living room, organize your life, or simply get inspired, we've got you covered. Tune in to the Love Your Space podcast, and let's get started on creating a space you'll love to come home to. Today, we have with us on Love Your Space, a good friend of Wozni Loves. His name's Sean Latham. He is a renowned comedian, a wannabe professional cornhole player, and uh, he has his own cooking show. He loves grilling. I mean, this guy can do it all. So, uh, without further ado, uh, let's bring in Sean. Sean, welcome. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I didn't get the Venmo. You guys supposed to send me a thousand bucks for being here. I did, you said it was going to be beforehand. Um, I just wanted to verify that before we get rocking and rolling here. Yeah, that's good. Put it on camera. Call us out like that. I appreciate that. that that's helpful. Very hey, helpful. Hey, uh, you know, that's, there's, not, there's nothing I can do. You know, I just can only. It's uh. Your, so, buddy, thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your agent forced you to put that bit out there so we'd pay the bill, right? I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I owe him a few favors, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. So, it looks like you're coming to us uh, like from a remote ro- location. Can you fill us in on, on what's going on today? Yes, Chad. We're only live right now in the Green Room Mobile Bar at Canyon Lake. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Elon Musk, for busting out Starlink and got me acting like I'm in an actual corporate office right now. Uh, that's a Starlink. Shout out my guy Corey Garcia on that. Pulte Homes. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm on my mobile bar. I, I had a good little opportunity to pop it out here have, and get some good photos and do some marketing and um, at a nice little campsite here. Let's see if we can get a look. No, I love it. I'm kind of jealous. I'm at home. There's the uh, there's RV. There's there's two fifth wheels plus the boats and shit. Obviously, cornhole in the middle. This is so gonna- that's what. Uh, Yep, I'm here on my trailer, my this, mobile bar. This will drive everyone that's just listening to the podcast to go watch this on video now. So that's that's good work. Now we'll get uh, double the views. It's perfect. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get started with our first segment. We call it peeling back. Um, so you know we normally on these they're kind of like nice little fireside chats, but you're a professional talker. Is that fair to say? <laughs> Funny. <laughs> So, you know, to fill our guests in a little bit, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? G- give us the 10-second highlight. Uh, I'm a comedian and ended up just going working at Barcelona Sports with Pat McAfee out the gate. And that just threw me into a whole bunch of different things content-wise to take like my skill set I developed in, corn- uh, in comedy into everything else, front of camera, a lot of, you know, just content in general, covering cooking, uh, a lot of outdoor cooking, the outdoor tailgate space, cornhole fighting you know whatever i can get to make a paycheck honestly uh that's really what this has come down to i'm <laughs> i'm just a, a paycheck whore in the content world do i need to cook a burger throw a bag tell a joke you know tell me what to do throw a punch whatever man oh all right so on the comedy side like can you give us a spiel about that like little history you know 
Yeah, I started in 01, okay. 2001. I got a job at the Tempe Improv. And uh, and then I was just, I was just like, I had did comedy one time, like by, by you know, off of a dare <laughs> for my coworkers, like a year and a half before I got a job at the Improv. But not, you know, I was just like a whatever kind of one off, like challenge kind of bucket list thing. And then, and then I got a job at the Improv and it kind of changed everything, my perspective. And I just, I got to see the, some of the more, even today, I've, the people that I got to see was incredible because a lot of them, the greats that I saw aren't even here no more. Oh. So I got a really incredible school of stand-up early on of watching, you know, being a waiter at the Tempe Improv in 2001 and 2002. And then uh, some guys were open mic in there. And then I just started hanging out with them and doing shows. You know, you start off real slow, show here, show there. Right. But then soon you get like, you know people and you start to get a little bit funnier. You have a couple jokes and now you're, you know, you're getting five minutes sets as much as you can, and then you start believing right. in yourself. Like, oh, I think I can do this. Sure, sure. Like a dumb fuck, you know what I mean? And uh, the worst thing you want to do with comedy is actually feel like you're funny. <laughs> Don't do that. It just it just becomes one big long life of dream shatters. No, but <laughs> you know, um, and, and we should preface our audience: this is our only uh, NC seventeen show um so far so, oh i apologize uh, no no keep them rolling keep them rolling i you know just throwing it out there if there's little kids in the audience today um earmuffs earmuffs yeah i'll cut, cut it back no um, no please don't uh we don't you know the kids to listen you know hey kids don't follow your dreams no i'm just kidding uh no but you know you kind of learn how to uh, live in the live in the in uh in, in failure right because there's so many no's and so many doors don't never that you just because you're constantly just trying to get on to something else, get on to something else. Uh, and then, um, but I, you know, I just stuck it out and moved to LA and I was fortunate in a lot of things, got to open and work on the road with Gabriel Iglesias for five years. Very cool. You know, which took me to m almost every single state in the continental US for sure. Yeah. Only thing I said I haven't been to is Alaska. Okay. But, you know, in Europe, I got to tour with him. I got on Comedy Central a few times, you know, which I still had to audition for. He won't give you anything. Oh. Just because you open for him, he's like, "Listen, you got your showcase because you're funny and they like you. But if you got, on, if you get on at Comedy Central, it's because you're funny and they like you, not because I'm telling them. If you if you don't get on, it's on you. Right, right. Which I like. You know, I like that. It's like because that way I can't. No one can ever say that I was given to me. You know, I still right. he was hands off. You know, the high gets you the feeling of wanting to do it. You know, when you kill, when you get a start getting like real laughs. You know. Right. That high is what makes you want to do it again because there's nothing really like it, like it actually working. But the problem is once you start to get it working, you know, you can get that part, but then you just get this constantly face rejection, you know, like you obviously face rejection because you're not killing every show. You're not doing great every every time. And then right. you're getting rejection from bookers and, and showcases and things not going your way. And, you know, you're thinking you're doing just as good as somebody else who's, who's advancing faster right. and that's the early that's the early issue also of comparison with other people in your in your realm i guess you know or whatever your area sure. of where you guys are career wise uh but it's a lot of, but then you know you just kind of figure out you got to learn how to deal with it not be emotional about it uh you know you're still going to be emotional on some of the larger failures or that they're not even really failures all the time they're you know it's just not your time you know it's not your time the universe you can't right you can't argue with the universe and whatever happens happens that's the biggest yeah. thing to swallow is realizing that because you know it's an ego thing too right because you want to do well and you know you can and you have the balls to do it but but then your ego's constantly getting fucking shoved in the trash because like well if you think you are who you think you are then why aren't you doing what you 
why did you just yeah. fail at this or why did you not achieve what you're shooting at yeah so you just keep shooting you know and then yeah. that's it it's just some days you're, you're it's your day yeah it's uh so like for the concept of this whole podcast we talk to a lot of creative people right from music artist and yourself comedian and just lots of different things and I would say so far after doing this several times now that the failure and the just sticking with it and just going until it's your time has been like something everyone listening should take from because it's real life. Yeah. And then, you know, that could be applied to anything, right? To any really career driven human or goal driven human uh, that that's out of their comfort zone on a regular basis. Some in some manner, that's just how it is. Like I'm not special in my career for facing a, for getting used to failure or whatever, however you want to put it. Right, right, right. You know, it's, it's a lot of people are out there just, you know, the only, the only real secret is to, to just keep going. Like, that's literally it. Yeah. Not stop, going. right? Just don't stop. Like, yeah. there's no secret to whatever it is, whether you're real estate or, you know, you have a sweet wallpaper company, like, whatever it is, you just keep going. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the secret. Yeah, but it's what we do. We keep going. We just keep making that wallpaper. It gets us by. Yes, sir. I, I hope the sound, I hope this audio isn't horrible. I, now that I'm indoors here. Oh, we might be having another Starlink. No. There we go. There you are. I yeah. No Starlink. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, By the um, way, it wasn't Starlink's fault. The phone overheated, so it had that temperature warning on the phone. Arizona. So we're gonna have Desert. to talk to Tim Cook now. So yeah, we've got. So Elon's good. Now we're gonna go on Tim. Okay. Yeah, I got I, you. Uh, I just want to make sure what bil- what billionaire I should make sure I don't ask to sponsor this episode. I just yeah, I know. go with yeah. Don't go with. Uh, let's go ahead and get Elon off. Elon's back in. Uh, Tim Cook's out. <laughs> okay, I like it. I like that plan. <laughs> okay, speaking of that uh, tiny little bit right there that we just pulled off, um, how do you come up with like new content? Like, what's your what's your recipe? Uh, when it comes to material on stage, I just pick, it's like a muscle in your brain that just is constantly working. So any kind of, so at this point in my career, like whenever something's happening and it's like in real time happening, I'm like, oh, this is, mm-hmm. this could work. Like it just not like clockwork in my brain. I'm like, I have to go right to my notes and just start banging out the thought right there. Or I'll forget it and be gone forever. I probably thought lost four specials worth of shit because I thought, <laughs> oh, I'll remember that and I'll write it down later. I never remember it. <laughs> And I never write it down later unless I, you know, I, sometimes I'll tell people, like, hey, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude. I just got to write this down real quick. So I got to write some shit down real quick. I don't well, write this down because you just, you just named your next special. I've already lost four specials worth of shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because I, I, I mean, I've thought of some of the funniest shit ever. And I don't write it down and I just, it'll never come back. It might come back like three years later randomly, like when I wake up and I'm like, oh, that, that joke. Like, otherwise... If I don't write it down right away, it's never it's never coming back. This is kind of uh, a personal interest. Like, can you share like one of your most memorable experiences? Like, one of the days like you killed it, or maybe on the other side of that, like talk about one of those times where you just completely bombed. Yeah, I got. If I you got don't one mind. Oh, uh, the completely bombing one time after I was already on Comedy Central a couple times. I got started getting a couple of these high end deals where I like for like five grand and do 20 minutes and it was in dc all you know everything paid for it was for a, all the latino corporate heads of america so there's like 
you know, okay. 500 plus people in the room of all these like, Coca-Cola on on down, you know. Right. And uh, it was me. There was Eric Rivera hosting. who's was a really, really well-known comedian. And then, uh, then, and then Christella Alonzo went up, who obviously has her own show on ABC called Christella. She's got specials. She's very, and she's an incredibly powerful comedian. Like okay. She commands rooms. She's also Latina, so she has that instinct. Like she can talk to her people about things that I could never connect with Latin people right. about. You know. Right. But she's also right. incredibly. I mean, she's an incredible comedian when she connects. How powerful she speaks, how funny she is, how witty, how she, you know, just everything, right? Like nobody, you don't want to follow Cristel Alonso. <laughs> you don't. Not especially, especially if this place, like, of like the smartest Latinos in the fucking in America are all in the room. Like, this room was built for this woman. And right. then we also had Angela Johnson on, who's a very famous, uh, you know, Latina comedian as well, comedian in general, but she's also Latina. And I was the buffer in between them two. Because Angela okay. is much different. She's a little softer. She connects. She's okay. incredible, crazy stories. Christelle is like, just pounded this place, bro. And right. they're throwing chairs, man. She's crushing for 20 minutes. And they go, you're up next. I'm like, what? I'm up next. Like, and I was already trying to swindle my way into going first after I saw that I was after her. I right. go up and just bomb ugly. I bombed for 20 straight minutes, but I committed, dude. I committed hard. <laughs> but I bombed ugly, and uh, and, then, and then and then Angela went up and killed. So I was okay. my five thousand dollar buffer job, basically. Well, you kind of did your job then, right? Hey, you know what? If I'm making five grand, bro, I don't care if they're. I mean, I care in the moment they're not laughing, and I. But now, right. like, well, I the money was worth it. So, and then on the other side, totally. uh, once I when I moved to I moved to Indianapolis because things were just like stale for me in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I had a booker out of the Midwest that I could work with that didn't cover travel, so you had to be there. And I was working okay. at Morty's Comedy Club in Indiana, in Indianapolis, for with the owners there, with two of my best friends, Chris Bowers, Todd McCombis. And then we used to do our Tuesday night show, which only got like 20 people or maybe 30, sometimes 10. It was a Tuesday night show. And one time Pat McAfee came. He was look I didn't know then, but he was looking for openers for his okay. theater show that he had coming up in Fort Wayne. And uh, I crushed it. And after I got done touring with Gabriel Iglesias, which was nothing but theaters and arenas, um, yep. I was doing the theaters and arenas, and you have to stick to the script, right? Like, you can't be up there just going off your notes or just, like, some shit you just made up. Like, this is a... Okay. you got to bring your heat because there's five to 10,000 people in the room. So when, okay. I, when I got done with that, I felt like this weird freedom where I really, really love to get just buck wild and loose in the, in the in the emptiest rooms. Like if a room had seven people, I was like, because this it was is my just jam. a different challenge, you know. And he happened to be there one right. night, and I just destroyed for twenty minutes. And he ended up loving my my material, and he loved my energy, and he ended up. I used to have this joke. It's, it, it used to it was a it set up to sound sexist, but it was really a pro woman joke. Mm-hmm. about sandwiches and he called me the next day he's like i mean he messaged me on twitter and he's like hey uh my girl made me the best sandwich she's ever made me in, her, in our entire relationship because of your fucking great joke do you want to open for me you know at the at, at this theater i'm like yeah i sure do buddy and then that ended up leading to awesome. my next four years of barstool sports and like that whole five-year chunk was pretty incredible 
by Indiana, New York years were, were really, really incredible. And that's all so that you, one uh, seven or eight person show in Indianapolis on a Tuesday night, you know? Right. Yeah. You never know, right? It's crazy. Yeah, you never know, man. So I assume uh, ESPN's giving you a call right now. They're, uh, uh, they're I'm you know, they're, they're laying off a lot of people. They're, yeah. Well, you know, they need some comedy on that on that network anyway these days. They sure the, do, man. Their sports isn't doing so good. <laughs> yeah, they sure need, Just, they need, they need some, a little bit more comedically focused talent on there. Yeah, they're, you hookups, they're laying uh, off a lot of people. Patch me in, bro, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see you guys in commission over there. All right, that that sounds good. We'll we'll do the studios too. We'll put some you know fancy oh, ESPN wallpaper up everywhere. That'll be awesome. Um, no, those stories are great. I think it's really cool too how like that seven minutes led to all that stuff because like a lot of people sometimes if it's only five people in that room they don't want to do anything like they yeah. zone out right. And if you'd zoned out during one of the maybe least populated shows you had, you wouldn't have had the four year run you got out of it. Yeah, you know, I think it was like a six-year run. But yeah, you're right. Awesome. And that was the that was like, you know, that's just another skill that you develop like out of nowhere without knowing it. You know, it's kind of like when, you know, Mr. Miyagi tells Daniel Son to paint the floor. You know, like one or whatever. Right. You know, sand the floor. <laughs> you didn't have to paint the floor. That was double the workload, dude. <laughs> but um, but um, you know, because I didn't realize that. Like, I never thought when I started that one day I'm gonna be be more excited to do a room of eight people instead of eight thousand right day that i was more excited but i'm just saying in general like get to get the same level of 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 uh fulfillment out of both of those right right because so it's really would easy you say to that you get check out with eight people it's really easy to go through the motions not really give yeah. up yourself it's really easy to just, to just play the hits and get off you know yeah but to connect yeah. and you know, if you've done that just, you probably would have lost that opportunity right if you just played your hits and weren't into it you might not have had it, right? Yeah, so. you might not have sold. You might not have sold the way it sold. And, you know, he loved yeah. what I did and ended up giving me a lot of opportunities that I would have never gotten otherwise. Right. So uh, so, so good. some people want to know, like, how you handle hecklers. You know, is there a uh, formula for that? Well, at this point, I'm like an absolute, I'm a murderous savage. Like, the only thing I'm really good at is, like, commanding the room on comedy, right? Like, I bring it in end of the day, the crowd, the most, the most respect is a bunch of fucking guinea pigs that look for, they're looking for leadership. And that's what I do. You know, oh, you yeah. got to go up there and be funny and take them for a ride. Like, no, you're coming, you know? But right, that, That's right. what they want. That's what they're there for. Like, at first, they don't. Yeah. But now, like, if you, if anybody thinks that they're the funny guy, you're, I'm going to really fast under, make them understand that they're not. Like, buddy, you're, sure. you're fucking, you're Bush League, man. I know that you and your little squad over there, you, you the big killer on your little squad, but you, this is where you, you've gone to a different – you're out of your league. You know what I mean? Stay in your lane, homie. I, I, I'm a crowd work guy. Like I can interact with crowds and go right back into my material real seamlessly. You know, 23 years no, of doing that's this awesome. shit. That's like the biggest skill I've yeah. gotten out of doing comedy. When you take away the career part and the career advancements, just being able to command a room and do crowd work and not give – I don't care how strong he is, how fat, how skinny, how good-looking, how ugly – I'm gonna. I can pick people. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't just do this in public, but I mean, I'll pick people apart ugly, you know. And I always give them. I always give them a chance, though, to just like, all right, you know, to calm down. I'll I'll play a little back and forth. But if they don't get, right. if they don't get it, then I can really let them have it to really like make them scurry back into their hole, so I can go ahead and do what everybody <laughs> is paying for me to do here. 
<laughs> oh man, I feel bad for those people. You don't you get too many that, that Yeah, not too many of them don't get it. Occasionally, right? You know, it's a very rare show where someone's just where I have to like, oh, you okay? You want to step outside, big dog? Because we can do that too. <laughs> so that's the end. I'll be all the end there. That's what happens sometimes. Where I'm just like, hey, my man. Yeah. You can either sit down and listen, or get the fuck out, right. or just we can just go handle right. in the parking lot. That's happened a handful of times, but oh, you know. But overall, uh, I don't know why people, people like that go out. Well, you know, they, it's just they're, they're, they're drunks. You know, if you've ever bartended, you know that some yeah. people have a, there are two different people. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. and they don't even totally. know that they're being these donkey because they're just so hammers or just right. stupid. So, but it doesn't happen that well, often. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's pivot a minute. Why don't we uh, talk about cooking? Maybe right. talk about a little cornhole. Um, you got a show about cooking we can check out? $20 Chef. It's on YouTube. I used to get millions of views, but all that was mostly on Twitter and Facebook. But okay. I do have a YouTube page that we never push people towards that does have, that has all my tons of videos. Uh, $20 Chef on, Insta- on YouTube, on Instagram, or whatever, on everything. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I just what, I, I was cooking what started a lot. that? Well, I was when I, right before I worked with Pat. I got hired with Pat and started working with Pat. Uh, I was just cooking a lot at home, and I, you know, I you're a broke ass comedian. You can't eat out every day. You got to go grocery shop and learn how to cook. Right. And so I was doing that right when Snapchat came out. And I just started, you know, Snapchatting when I was cooking and being an idiot on Snapchat. People really enjoyed it, so I kept doing it and. Uh, whenever I was working with Pat and I got a job, he's like, well, you need to do video content. Well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I've been, people have been liking this cooking video shit I've been doing. I'll try. I'll do that. So um, so that's what I started doing. And it kind of got popular early. And I right. got a really big ad deal like the first month with Frank's Red Hot for 100000 for 10 awesome. episodes. Oh, my God. That's awesome. New bar stool, you know. And then it just went yeah. from there, you know. And then I had to go to two episodes a week and. Because they were yep. selling more, it was starting to sell more. Yeah, that's what you want. More content, more, more, more. Yeah, but I also love cooking. I love grilling. I, you know, it's just another form of art expression, and uh, I really, you know, I and I like being busy. You know, so yeah. if you're at a party instead of just standing around, you know, you get to be the grill man, and, and that you know, if you practice and you work on, you cook yourself all the time, you shine at barbecues. You know, right, Makes right, good right. ass food and appetizers and break things out that you've been working on at home and i sure. just like telling jokes while i cook and that's how the cooking show popped off and i just also love cooking no i love that that's awesome so people can check out 20 dollars chef they'll find some recipes they'll see some more of your comedy everything on there yeah the yeah whole, just, the yeah, whole smorgasbord chef, it's all there okay cool and now you know as your friend i know about a little bit about this cornhole but i don't know much about what's going on uh you know, you're, I, you're a wannabe professional? Yeah, I'm a wannabe professional cornhole player. I'm only doing the media side until I'm good enough to be to compete professionally. I'm going to okay. be good enough. I, um, you know, when I was at Barstool Sports, I, I had just started playing a shitload of cornhole in Indiana, and I was really into it in, like, 2017 or whatever. And then uh, and then I was at Barstool, and the cornhole, you know, ACL, American Cornhole League came through doing promo. So I was like, I'm the cornhole guy in his office. And then I just started getting involved. And they started bringing me out to like do MC uh, celebrity events and things like that. Okay. And, uh, and then I just kept falling in love with it. And then when I stopped working at Barstool, I, I started working for the American Cornhole League doing 
commentary and video content and we just kind of found our path together like they let me try different things out what would fit well what would work well right and it just ended up um working out and uh i now i still work with them you know i cover events and i do gambling content for them because you can gamble on cornhole now man you can gamble on anything can't you it's crazy yeah so i'm trying to help people win money there you go <laughs> This guy's got it. Put your five but, bucks on that guy. And right. it also goes together, right? Like, it also comes together. Talking shit, grilling, cornhole, the trailer. It, it does. all comes together, like, in one little world. Yeah. Like, in my it's own your world, world version of, uh, of Iron Man, you know? But my suit is <laughs> my trailer and my wig. It's, yeah, your cutoff sleeve is your suit. Yeah. You know, you've got your... You don't need the lasers. You've got your spatula. You're good to go. Hey, I'm, I'm styling. And that's it. No, that's... <laughs> So that's really you know, how it all kind of works together too, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I love it. So the mobile bar, I mean, that's one of the first connections you and I had. Um, if we want to just, we can pitch it. You can give your 30-second mobile bar pitch to our audience too. You, you might get a customer out of it. All right. Yeah, it's a uh, 22-foot mobile bar. It has the back door with a car. It would usually drive. It's a cargo trailer that I made into a bar. So the back trailer door opens up, and that's like a patio. And then I cut the sidewall out, and that comes down as a patio. And yeah. I got, you know, I could sit about 12 to 14 people at my bar, and then, you know, tables on the outside of it. And I got a really yeah. sweet front-end table where I have your sweet wallpaper that really tie the room together. Sure, and, thank uh, you. And that's what I do. I could rent it out for events and weddings, you know, whatever, tournaments, anything, really. And uh, make a little extra money on the side of outside of entertainment. Yeah, no, no, I love it. And and you've done podcast episodes from there. We started ours there, right? Um, yeah. It's, it's a cool space. It's really cool. Um, so one little takeaway here on this segment, and then we're going to move on. But if someone was, like, interested in comedy and they thought they had it or wanted to get into it, what's, like, yeah. your piece of advice or how you would help someone get started? Uh, just go do it. Like, there's no secret. It's like jumping. Like, like when you go to the cliffs at the river. You know, yep. and you just got like, to stand up there on the ledge and tell everybody how much you want to do it. But you just got to do it. And that's it. Uh, yeah. You have to just hop out and just. And the main thing, the main thing I'll say about doing comedy is uh, it's, it's, it's all in your head. Like if you're the, if you, if you go and do comedy and you're the funniest dude in the history of stand-up comedy that for that five minutes. Whoever's in the crowd ain't going to remember your name. I don't care if you made Richard Pryor look like an open micer. They're not going to remember you. That, they're going to say this tomorrow at work. That one guy was so funny. <laughs> but if you're, uh, if you're the worst comedian they've ever seen in their entire life, they're not going to remember it. It's only we remember it because it's our life. Yeah. So otherwise, just do it. No one cares. Nobody cares so that, except for you. Yeah, That's so that one, that one comic uh, with his name... That one guy um, is everyone's favorite, right? Yeah, that one guy. Now, see, and another <laughs> thing is that once, uh, once, once everybody in that room leaves the room and they go back out, they get out of the doors, they go back to their real life and all their real problems and all their real stress and all everything, their responsibilities and priorities all come back to their brain. No one gives a fuck about you, and I, and I mean that about myself. Like I just mean in general that no one cares, you know. Um, yeah. They, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they went to a show they paid their whatever amount of money and that's that like that, that, that 
it's just our egos that make us think, you know, that they're going to remember forever. Like you're going to run into the only one of the only 30 people that were in that room that night all the time and just say, and they're going to say, oh, there's a guy that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. The chances of that are zero, right? Yeah. So are you taking us on a, are we going on a mobile tour? Cause uh, yeah. you should show us that sweet wallpaper. I'm go back out here. Hopefully it cools down. So I got that cool downs temps there. There she is. That goes down. Boom. Greatest wallpaper in the world. <laughs> I love the plug. Thank you. We think so. There we go. I'm back. Sorry. So, yeah, that's it, man. That's, if you're going to do comedy, the only secret is just go do it, dude. Just do it. Yep. I agree. I mean, I think that's with anything, right? Like, if you want to do something, go try it. You just got... What's the worst that's going to happen? So, we've got one more section here. One more segment. Uh, we like to call it, Let's See What Sticks. So, I purposely okay. um, omitted this from any notes I provided you. So, these are just going to be some, you know, kind of off-the-wall questions, just little rapid-fire answers work perfect. So, uh, if you could be any fictional character, who would you choose? Thor's pretty rad, bro. I like Thor. You know, I'll go with Thor. That's not a bad one. I, if I could look like Chris Helmsworth, I'd, I think life would be okay. That's, yeah. You know what's funny is like, just looking like that's such a fucking superpower, let alone all the, the whole I like, can jump around universes with a hammer or whatever, you know, and beat up everybody. Yeah, just looking like him without anything still would work. <laughs> My luck is they, they'd make me be the Helmsworth, but he's fat. Fat and, Thor. Uh, he's homeless. <laughs> but he's that's the original <laughs> Thor. That's Ryla Beach. That's the best Marvel character there is, is Fat Thor. Yeah. He's the best. Um, okay, that's awesome. Um, let's see here. Um, okay, so what is the most embarrassing thing you've ever had happen to you on stage? You know, a couple months ago, I had on black pants and I have on white boxer briefs. And I didn't zip my zipper up when I had to take a piss right before I went on stage. So my zipper was just wide open like this. Just oh, And I, for the whole 20 minutes, I'm up there just can't just do my thing and I think I'm doing great but I think it's everybody laughing at my zipper being down like <laughs> how cliche and then the headliner did like 10 minutes on my zipper and my sack hanging out on everybody's shoulders oh, and shit so you don't even know that if you were that wasn't too great you don't even know if you were funny or not or if they're just laughing at your zipper being yeah. down the whole time <laughs> hey but I'll tell you what I'll take it <laughs> I'll take those laughs thanks <laughs> yes give me all the laughs um okay if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life what would you pick tacos it ain't even close oh man see i'm pizza like all day not even close pizza oh see tacos all day i think, I think it's also uh cultural genetic coding as well <laughs> it's it's built into you <laughs> i just tacos are the most versatile tacos are the transformer of the food world all right i'll go with like, that it can just be anything you know and then boom 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 it's something else i'm with you on that i like that i ask this one all the time i ask this to everyone this is like my daily question i ask random people now too would you rather be able to talk to animals or speak every human language fluently? I'm definitely getting, you know what? I'm going with talking to animals, bro. I mean, I'd rather hang out with my dog and talk shit because all that's happening in the other languages are people saying the same shit that other people are saying in English here. Right. It's just more shit to, I mean, it could be pretty cool here and there to just bust out any language, but I would rather go hang out and talk to animals, man. Imagine how much more fun the zoo would be. Oh, forget about uh, it. Oh, the zoo. I mean, like Dr. Doolittle was onto something, right? Like, they didn't make yeah, a movie for I mean, nothing. Dr. Doolittle, come on. 
Yeah, be awesome. I, mean, I, I want to know what the hell my dog is thinking, dude. My dog see me clap some cheeks, you know, like I wonder if she thought that I need to step my game up or oh, did I go too you know, did I go too hard too early? You know oh, what I mean? Man. Like little feedback never hurt nobody, you know. Feedback's good. Earmuffs for those young ones out there. The young ones earmuffs one more time. <laughs> How hey, are our six year olds listening to podcasts? I think so. Yeah, you know, am I that far falling off the tree? No, not at all. Not at all. We're good. We're good. You know, we have a wide audience at Walls Need Love. Like we, you know, I was just making sure. I love it. The children on there, they they earmuffed up. Um, uh, one last one here. We'll do one last one. If you got trapped in a TV show for one month, what TV show would you pick? Okay, on the goofball side, uh, you know, I can only do one. I'm going to go Fargo season two. I want to be one of those, uh, well, I want to be one of those gangsters from Kansas City Mob that ends up dying, but um, that show is so incredible. I just always wanted to be a cool-ass actor like that. Okay. That so- can work it, that can be in a show that caliber and just make it even cooler, you know? That's what I would love to do. So we're not showing off your comedy or anything like that. We're going Fargo. No. Uh, I want to show everybody the, the, the broad reach that, that, that I think that my talent has. You know, the important part is what I think. Okay. That I think, even though it's trash, probably, my acting. But, um, you know, no one oh, said, I you it. know, I could just got to really want it. You know, as long as you really want it. Okay. I love it. I love it. Well, a close second was the, uh, In Living Color. In Living Color. Well, okay. So I think the audience might have thought you would pick a comedy. So that could work, right? So. Yeah, I just want to get hit in the head by Hobie the Clown Sock. <laughs> Oh, just go, too much. hey, little A, hey, homie. Too much. Hey, homie. Too much. All right. Well, Sean, this has been super fun. Um, I hope everyone has enjoyed it as much as I have. Um, in wrapping up here, if you want to just, like, shout out your um, handles, like, where people can find you, uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, you can just Google $20 Chef. That's two zero, and then spell out dollar and chef. Uh, my name's also uh, Instagram is where I post most of my stuff. It's, uh, t- it's Sean Latham, S H A U N, L A T H A M, and that's pretty much it, man. Um, that's that's where all my stuff is. Cool. Yeah, they can find you in the bio. All your other links. Um, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Sure can. Um, everything's in my in my uh, Instagram. Okay. Bio. Well, the, the trailer, Green Room, Mobile Bar, Twenty Dollars Chefs, Instagram. Everything is on. Um, it's on my personal page on Instagram. Okay. Perfect. And you know, you never know. They might be uh, traveling, come out, catch one of your shows, the whole the whole deal. So Yeah, I got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh it's all on my Instagram. I got San Diego coming up, Charlotte, Iowa, Ventura. Awesome. So San Jose in September. So Okay, cool. Well, we want to thank you for your time. This has been so much fun. Thank you for listening to Love Your Space, a podcast from Walsney Love. Please like and subscribe wherever you podcast and follow us on socials at Walsney Love or stop by and say hello at walsneylove.com. Thank you for sharing your space with us.